Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew Peak. We are here, episode 183 with Jackie Lipinski. Hi, everyone. Hey. Oh, is that Christmas very, music? On a very special episode of Market Group Marketing. Man, I think like anyway, I'm on the Christmas story. Our Christmas episode. This is one of my favorite Christmas songs. You guys, actually, let's start with that. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? I don't think I do. Favorite Christmas song. Oh, okay, that's that's fair. What's the yeah. least favorite? Um, it's the very uncomfortable one where he's <laughs> trying to. Uh, it's uh, like just oh, don't leave. The, yes. the one that's yeah, like yeah. yeah. Every time every time it comes on, I just Maybe it's I just cold can't outside. stop laughing. What if it's an elf and you're like, it's this innocent man who thought he was an elf it's not real life it's a funny song still i like i like them all unless it's a uh song that's redone by a terrible artist and they just butcher the song um like let's say they're, they're taking this one and it's mariah carey of course she can't really uh, you know they, song, uh, but they just over sing it justin overdo bieber it. has an amazing redo of the drummer boy Oh, I'll go listen to it. We we were listening. We were waiting in the DQ line with the kids, and they're like, "Play some." And Spotify brought that up, um, and it was one of those songs. And you know, a lot of times when you hear a song for the first time, you're like, "Eh," but the first first time off, you're like, "This is this is a good song." So I, I don't know if he came out with the whole album or what. But my favorite Christmas song, and I don't know the name of it, um, is the one that they always play when someone gets to New York City for the first time at Christmas. Oh, like the you know, amazement. I feel like every movie. It's, it's another one of the. It's on. It's in the Elf soundtrack as well. That's a great soundtrack. I was gonna say, I feel like it's um, an Elf. But you know when Pennies he's in, getting all the Pennies gum. Pennies in Heaven is definitely the, in there. Yes, that's the one. Is it Pennies in Heaven? Is that the one where he's grabbing all the gum off the bottom like, of the thing? Pennies in, in Heaven. That yeah. part. Yeah, that's great. That, that's great. I love that song. <laughs> is that <laughs> what a that means? Song? I don't know. Pennies in Heaven. Wow. Rob Thomas. Uh, no. Mm, no, definitely not Rob Thomas. Okay, so. Uh, the other quick okay. holiday thing is what are we excited to either give people during mm-hmm. the holiday season or potentially buy ourselves or get like um, my daughter, Andrew, no pressure. In fact, don't do it because I know how much they cost, but I think it was two years ago. You sent us a, a cakes. What was it called? Oh, uh, gold, gold bear. There was, it went viral. Then I'm like, I'm buying one of those. Um, a cake again, I think, or something like that. It was uh, like it was, a turducken, but a cake version of yes. a turducken. There was pecan pie, red velvet cake, birthday cake, and something else. And she was like, yes. you know, my kids think the only time they think I'm cool is during the holidays when we get stuff like that. whoever sends the stuff. <laughs> and so to the extent that I now have to buy stuff for myself or else they're, they're like, Sad. Something like, does that's like a loser now. What is this? <laughs> it's from Gold Belly. It came from there's a cake that I think Tom Cruise sends all these famous people. It's the story. And I'm like, this is so cool. Of course, that news story went viral. And that cake is out of stock forever. And so then I'm like, well, what's the next step down? And there's this cake again thing. Um, pie cake, pie cake and pie cake. And my daughter Red remembered Velvet, the name of it. She was like, Are we getting else? a pie cake? And when is the pie cake and coming? <laughs> they yeah, they're they're up there, but it's I mean it's Good cake. Well, that was pre-inflation. I bet it's three hundred dollars now. It's let's see if hundred bucks um, now. I don't know what shipping is. Yeah, but what what are what are we bad. excited to either gift others or or get this year? Ooh. Well, I'll go first because ours are easy. Uh, we got a dishwasher last week, so that's exciting. A Bosch dishwasher. It's Such amazing. Built Christmas. Gift. I know it was a necessity. Uh, but then before that, we were like, we needed a new TV for our room. We had one from like 2005. Or, it wasn't even like, it was like 720p. It was terrible. Volume didn't go up or down. And I'm like, we need this now. Why would we wait until Christmas? Like we're adults. Like, we could just go get it now. So then I'm like, oh, we need a big one. 
So this is a 75 inch TV. I didn't really know what that actually looks like in our room. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> and like the whole room is just like glowing if it's on, but yeah, it's 4k. It's amazing. It's but shopping for TVs. That is a rabbit hole of, I just need to spend a hundred dollars more. Oh, while well, I'm in this budget category, I could probably go another hundred bucks because this is, it's bad. So I had to just like, Nope, you're getting this one. You don't need that one. Who cares? It, it's going to look better than the last one. I think that's all we're doing is I might get another pair of shoes. I like shoes. I had to, yeah. I had to talk that's to it. Mike Lyon about televisions. He's your guy when it comes to televisions. Oh, no. He likes movies uh, for the new house. I was like, okay, what do I need to get? Where? Let me know. Yeah. That there's definitely well, a hobby of his. You start looking, you're like, oh, quality. that TV doesn't actually go. It doesn't turn black. So the blacks are not black. And so then you're like, well, to get that, you need to be in this budget range. And while you're in that budget range, you're like, well, I got to go keep going up. It's like cameras. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much cameras. Uh-huh. Yeah. Once yeah. you are aware of the inadequacies of the lower price ones, like you're like, I can't have that in my life. Yeah. Well, I, I know, uh, I, I feel like I shouldn't know this, but I know what I'm getting for, uh, for Christmas from my Ooh. husband already. And it's, it's, he's mixed my two loves. Um, it is a desktop garden for, you know, you have like six little Okay. Plant holes. And then you it's can like have your own little planet earth on your desk. It is. Yeah. And so, um, and so the light runs 24 seven it's an led, so it doesn't cost anything. And, and you just get a, you know, when it's gloomy in winter, you still get to grow, grow plants. So I think he gets me. Um, and then I bought him, he's always disappointed because, uh, we always want to play disc golf, but it takes, it's like regular golf. It takes all day if you want to go do that. So I bought one that like goes in your yard. It was a couple hundred bucks and we can just move nice. it around and, and a disc golf set. So, um, hopefully he likes it. We have like a, a like a funky shaped yard. So I'm even sure better. Like yeah, exactly. You're like it, dog leg breath left, right. Yeah. Whatever it is. <laughs> I played it a few times. It's, it's challenging. I think it's harder than golf. I'm terrible at both. But like when I played, I'm like, so there's trees you have to navigate through. This was in North Carolina. I'm like, how, how do we do this? He's like, yeah, just throw it down there. No one cares. He, he told, he used to tell me when he was a, he was a poor college student. He would, him and his friends would take their shoes off and go in the river to get new discs from the, because everyone threw them in there. And he's you like, that's do the only way I can afford to get new discs. So, um, why yeah. not? Exactly. So we got TV, disc golf, TV, um, new house. Yeah, new new house for that a Christmas sure. present. Um, yeah, it qualifies. That keeps present. Um, Amy's apples. I got. I got our team does. I'm a big fan yes. of, of those. They are like fifteen to twenty two dollar apples, but they're ginormous, and they do something they're magical big. with the amount of caramel that they're able to get to stick mm-hmm. on the outside of the apple. And they have like Butterfinger, Snickers, Oreo, like everything everything you can think of. Unfortunately, the pistachio is out of season for Christmas. I think that my, my youngest son would good. love that. Um, and my wife, I'm excited to get, I'm getting her an Ember mug um, because she reheats her coffee like six times a day in the microwave. She doesn't drink the coffee. She just likes to hold the coffee and appear thoughtful. <laughs> I think that's, that's um, my wife with her coffee. I'm like, that's it. That, you didn't drink any of it. You went to uh, Starbucks. That's nice. <laughs> and, and actually our kids are, they already know they're getting this because they incessantly ask for it, but they're real. We have built in bunks in, um, in the new house and, um, they want to have led lighting, um, oh, that's really going popular. around the top of it. They can change yeah. when they're FaceTiming all their friends. Did you share that on Twitter? Mood. The picture oh. of that was, I oh swear yeah, I did put a, you, a, a, yeah, it was almost, I showed it to Lindsay, point, yeah. my wife. I'm like, look at this. We need this in our next house. <laughs> 
This is amazing. <laughs> like their own little pod, like they're on a spaceship or something. Yeah. That looks awesome. Yeah, they they will be fun. So um, moving into story time, we're actually going to transition to the story time with Justin Bieber. I found the song, folks. Oh, this, this is apparently not a new song, but it's new to the Oakley family. This is Drummer Boy with Buster Rhymes. So so it does switch to the actual so normal bad. song at some point, but it's a good it's a good one. It's transition. It's right up there with the with the Peanuts Christmas album in terms of classics, modern day classics. That's like Baby Beaver. That's oh yeah, 2011 is when it released. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, that is ten years ago. I've never heard it. That's I. All right, so story time. (laughs) Brought to you by the Beebs. Jackie, what do you got? Yeah, I can start. So it you know it's the end of the year. Um, A lot of people like to put together their big goals, their big plans, and I think one of the most consistent things we're seeing across the board is. I know in the past we talked about like, should you spearhead things or should you be a fast follower? And so a lot of, a lot of people are finally getting on the content hub, um, uh, bandwagon, but it seems like a lot of people, um, the, the biggest question that they have is how do you set expectations with the photos online? Um, which, which when I was talking to Andrew actually earlier today, I was telling him a story about in 2019, I was talking to an Australian builder and we had almost the exact same and opposite problem. Um, my houses ranged from, you know, let's say half a million to 2 million. His were the same, but my um, half a million buyers, uh, potential buyers would see the photos of the $2 million house and assume that's what came in their house. And he had these potential um, higher end buyers who would see the photos of the lower end, um, uh, lower priced houses and just think like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to upgrade. And so we were both trying to solve the same problem of just how do you tell the correct message through photos and, and content on your website when you do um, commit to such a, like a, I think a, a, a long-term task and project that will potentially live on your site um, for a long time. And so I, I just wanted to talk to that because when Andrew and I spoke earlier, you know, one of the biggest questions that came out is, well, you can't wait for everything to be correct. And, and and what are the correct steps to, um, you know, if everything's right, you just, yeah. What, what is, I, what does that look like? So I, I feel like it's like when, when people are like, I'm waiting for this right time to have a kid, there's never a right time. And I feel like this is the same thing. If you are like waiting for the perfect, like we need this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. That might be, that will be never, I would, I'd bet on it. Like, Oh, we have, we don't offer that option anymore. So we can't put those pictures up. Well, you're, those pictures are out there already. You just aren't looking at it from that lens of like, can people see pictures mm-hmm. of homes with options we no longer offer? The yeah. answer is and, yes. And I think Every, the question is, is it a disclaimer? What information should be on that content hub? How do we, how do we create filters that would set the correct expectations going into the new year? And um, instead of trying to come up with some of the solutions, some people are just like, well, then the project's not worth doing. And, and I don't know if that's, it doesn't seem like that's the right step to be taking. No, I mean- when you say the word content, there is no such thing as an end. You know, like, well, mm-hmm. we're done. We got enough. And and so if there is no end, there really shouldn't be a true concept of a beginning. Um, it's like a circle or it, yeah. it, it's just or a line. You it's have a line. to start, but it doesn't, if you're judging it by how you start, you're thinking about it wrong because it's never going to end. So the whole thing is just get going. <laughs> And yeah, you, but I, I think the biggest thing is the um, minimum viability is I think what you're what you're thinking of. Like, yeah. what's the minimum viability to have this thing go out into the world with accuracy and expectation what, what, setting? You know, I think accuracy 
builders can't even be accurate right now in terms of their pricing or costs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their pictures. Just pull, just not saying that's an excuse, off. but yeah. accuracy to to the degree that anything that we build today is going to look exactly the same in six months. I mean, if you're OCD on that end, you're probably in the wrong. Yeah. If, if it was me, whatever this challenge is, I would, and maybe this is not appropriate or, or it is appropriate. If I have leadership or whoever going like, you know, we really shouldn't do that because here's how buyers will feel. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go stalk the design studio and be like, Hey, my name is Andrew. I'm in the marketing. Da, da, da. Quick question for you. I'm looking to do this. What do you think about this? Like, would you be oh, yeah, frustrated guess, with so us? hundred percent. Or like, just, no, I'd love to see 4,000 pictures available of everything. On some of the sales conversations in the design mm-hmm. studio or in the model. And you'll realize that there's already a whole bunch of incorrect assumptions or statements being made. And I think about I think, what it is. I, and, I, and maybe that's the disconnect where they're, they just have to be okay with being wrong and, and just not not that the misinformation, but just being able to answer questions and at least maybe tagging the photos and having like, you know, X plan, yeah. you know, 2019. For sure. Put in all the disclaimers the you codes. need, use mm-hmm. disclaimers, but you don't have to have it be perfect. I mean, I still remember yeah. um, people being very concerned that the number of panels on the front of the garage in a rendering was mm-hmm. inaccurate compared to the new style of garage door that we went to that now had one fewer panels. And I was like, if this is the problem, we're selling this wrong. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a so similar anyone, thing. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think if there's any marketer here, who's that, that has been stopping you just, you know, just kind of plow through it and just. Get it, it also goes into the people taking pictures off of things. They no longer offer. I'm not saying that's something you shouldn't do. But at Heartland, because we were a semi-custom custom builder, we just tagged them as essentially inspiration photos. It's still from that floor plan, but that's not a standard option that we offer anymore. You'd have to customize that if you wanted, or you know, it's like I, to me, it's like it's all credibility. Like if that was a beautiful home you built, or the the options curated together is like that looks really nice. Show it off. Could you imagine um, if we did that with our kids? Like we were like, hey. Um, First kid is off to college, doesn't really count anymore. Just look at the youngest one. He's our best. We've put our mm-hmm. most, like we know what we're doing now as parents. It's the fourth time around. Or there's no Just old pictures of the kids. ignore all the content like around the other current. kids. There are no baby pictures of them. They didn't exist. I, they I mean, pooped I, in their pants then. We can't have that be public, <laughs> right? You know, that's that's not appropriate. It's like, no, everyone knows that. It's like, uh, if the pictures, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think it's, it's whatever the situation could be. It's mm-hmm. overanalyzed. It's overthought. They're looking for yeah. it to fail. Instead of like, yeah. why are we actually doing this? But it needs to be out there. Like I, I had a goof up last week where I was recording um, another episode for the visual content series and I messed up my Zoom settings and it was like halfway through. I'm like, crap, I messed up the recording because it's mm-hmm. visual content. I, the video part is important. And the way I recorded it made the video really tiny. And afterwards, I'm like, well, it still has to ship. It still has to be live. Like the point is for people to watch and listen. The point isn't for it to be the absolute most perfect thing with the video. Um, it needs to be good, yeah. but As if I just that, would have scrapped I also it, like, because cool. I'm recording on my surface versus my normal computer, because my normal computer is packed up, uh, mm-hmm. moving tomorrow, uh, all of our audio files are on one thing. So I hope the audio is leveled See, there we go. because you're not going to fix it later. <laughs> That's it. So we wouldn't scrap this episode. No, like, no. it still needs to live. You just, sorry. You just slap a disclaimer yeah. on it and you're like, no. sorry. And it's all the, yeah. And I feel like it's the same category of thinking like, oh, it's not yeah. perfect. We cannot live with it when the rest of the company has things that are not perfect. 
and those get to live out there in the world. Yep. Um, so there we go. Yeah. Speaking that's, of that's not perfect, uh, I feel like that's a segue into our new home journey here. So we're, we packed up yesterday and today, they put everything on the truck tomorrow, we're supposed to move in on Saturday. Um, the countertops are not correct. They put in incorrect countertops everywhere, probably a paperwork issue. Um, actually I know at this point it is a paperwork issue somewhere between the designer, the, the cabinet company somehow gave a different selection to the countertop, uh, manufacturer slab stone company. But the weird thing is, is that Melanie went down to visit, uh, the company's name is Concus is where you can go down and pick out the, the slab or piece of quartz that you want. Mm-hmm. She went down there and made that selection back in February, probably. A little bit ago. Um, but the person who was down at Concus that she met with is no longer with the company. Paperwork was never sent back over. Original selections from 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 the design process we made were not even made. Another just kind of random selection was made from the person who designed the cabinet layout. And so everyone decided just to go with that, um, trying to rush us in, I think. So we are going to be in before Christmas, which is a big deal to my wife. But the house is let's just say 85% done. And the really strange thing for me that I'm experiencing right now is if I was still a market manager um, in charge of two divisions at, uh, at Heartland Homes, uh, part of the NVR family of companies, and I was talking to myself as a customer, I would say, you know what, folks, I'm really sorry we didn't get you in for the holidays. We'll cover your temporary housing expenses. We'll give you a per diem for other expenses. And I know this is going to be very inconvenient for your life, but we can't let you move into this house because it's not finished enough that we're going to be living with you. And you don't want as much as you want to get in the home, you don't want us remodeling your house while you're living there. Mm -hmm. And I've had that conversation with many customers over my career. And as a consumer now, I'm like, just get us in the house or else my wife's going to divorce me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's really weird. Like even in the finished basement, only about 80% of the vinyl hardwood faux stuff is down and then it just stops. And, and we're doing it. We're doing like a walkthrough, a preliminary walkthrough. And I had to retrain my whole brain around how this works because I was like, well, we can't close with that, that like that. (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like, oh, actually the, uh, the final inspection will not, you know, from a, from a legal, legal, we can occupy this home. That's not, that's not something to stop us. So I have to like rewire my brain, but there's missing lights. There's missing faucets. There's temporary HVAC. Oh boy. Uh, there's paint that's not done. The, so our like fireplace is, uh, is supposed to be a painted white brick fireplace. Mm-hmm. So the brick doesn't matter, right? Because you're going to paint it white. Well, the joke I was telling my wife, because this is you know, stressing her out, was, well, this is going to be a perfect opportunity for us to get a bunch of retro sweaters and pose our family in front of this 80s-looking brick color there fireplace. DIY makeover. And, and, and go, like, go back in time, have our own little retro Christmas party. Because it just, it's funny. It, it doesn't, it, it won't be painted by the time we move in either. Yeah, you're um, trying to make the best situation possible yeah. of... We will, a, we will have a we will have an oven. We are going to have an oven, but it's going That's to be good. a 24 inch electric um, cooktop 
in, in, I think it's a 46 inch or that 36 sounds, inch. I was going to say, I don't think you put a 24 inch oven in this, in this it's big like old house on the land. It's like an apartment oven. It's going to go in oh, the, man. In the I, thing. I, was, I thought burners. you were going to say, no. yeah, I thought you were just going to say like with one of those singular burners. That they the shipped you some hot I think it's going to have three burners on top, Jackie. <laughs> oh, yeah. goodness. Oh, man. <laughs> Fun. But do you so, think it'll be really like February before it's 100% done? Well, and that's that's where, again, I, I give that it matters. a lot of it is credit what it is. for even doing what needed to be done to get us in. Um, so I'm not personally upset with them, but the owner, you know, he, we text all the time and he was like, yeah, we'll be with you for a couple months yet to come. No doubt about it. I mean, no driveway, there is no driveway. So, um, no landscaping. So there's going to be mud everywhere all winter long, uh, with the dog. That'll be, that'll be fun times. A lot of lovely fun. fun kids. Did you do a fence? I can't remember with the dog. Um, or no, you're doing some training. Uh, seven acres, so the fence would be yeah. Too, I don't too feel big. like yeah. Part of we'll we'll, we'll get a, an electric um, trainer gotcha. and make sure she knows what's what's going on. Fun times. Yeah, but it, I mean, again, the communication part. I know we keep talking about this, but um, when when something goes wrong in the process. It's been interesting to, to rehear my wife say over and over again, but why didn't they just tell me? Like, why did we mm-hmm. have to drive over to the house at six o'clock at night and find this on our own? Like, why didn't someone proactively say, hey, by the way, here's what's going on. And but over and like over and over again, that's a, that's a challenge. It's like, if you have kids and you find out like at breakfast the day of, you had homework, why didn't you tell me last night? And if you like, we could have just done this last night, but now you're having this like meltdown to get your homework done five minutes before mm-hmm. school. It's getting done either way. It's just the night before or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. I, Andrew and I were talking about owning up to things like, and and what level I told him my, my old coworker used to say, Oh, you're being a donkey as the term. And I told him I had a donkey situation <laughs> and I had to call this person. I just, you know, I'd own, sometimes you have just email communications. And I had to call them and be like, Hey, didn't see that. My apologies were for or, you know, they had done a project for me and I just yeah. missed that email. So I was like, missed it. Sorry for asking about it again. That's on me. So yeah, yeah please just, just a call. That. Just a text. Being a donkey. You're just yep. being a donkey. Yep. All right. Moving on. Oh, wait, Andrew, you had, you have a story, don't you? Something? Or uh, you mine read? piggybacked on okay. me messing up the video thing. Yeah. It's okay. Got I feel it. like my brain's not, not functioning. Blended Moving here. on to the news then. All right. First up, Adam Masseri, Instagram, uh, head of Instagram, explains how the chronological feed uh, will maybe like, I don't even, is that a headline? Is that a sentence? Is that, is that how the kids are talking these days? How something may be like? It's like what it will potentially <laughs> be like, okay. yeah, but it's like, it's like uh, you can, you can have an edit. What it be like. Um, Instagram head Adam Masseri has shared more information about the upcoming chronological feed of the social media app. The new version of the chronological feed can be expected to be rolled out next year. So right now, it actually for, gosh, four or five, maybe long years, it always used to be chronological. And then they swapped it to just algorithmic, um, where it just shows you what it thinks you would like to see. And, and I think Twitter... Yeah, Twitter did the same thing where you can choose which feed you'd prefer to see. Because depending on how you use a social network, that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't feel like things, especially in a, a service like Twitter, 
which is more about being in the moment or talking around a particular thing that just happened or is going to happen. Um, to not be able to see things chronologically can be confusing to, to certain users. Or, or if you're on there infrequently and you see it chronologically on Twitter, you're like, this is silly. Like, I don't know right. what's happening versus just getting the highlights from Twitter. Uh-huh. I find I'm using stories so much more on Instagram, consuming stories so much more on Instagram. I don't know if it's like I'm being shaped by content, like, cause there's less ads and promotional. I feel like in posts on Instagram versus stories seem to be more real and like what is actually happening with that person. Mm-hmm. And it is chron- chronological. So it'll be interesting to see how this changes. If this influences my behavior from like, Oh, I like the feed now versus going to the stories, but I also yep. go on there and I like, I look for certain people and I like, have their accounts kind of like favorited at the top based on my search. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's why I like Reddit so much. They have news Mm -hmm. filters by the news. They have home, which are all the things you favorited and it searches by what you're favorited. And then they have like trending and popular. And then each of those can also trend by what's hot, what's um, chronological. It gives you more control. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what it's It's about here is per the report, Masseri has also emphasized that Instagram users will not be reverting back to the old chronological feed. Rather, people get to choose which version of the way they like, just like Twitter does, where you, where you get the control. I thought that was interesting. I I um I pulled it up here as a quick aside. There's a really interesting interview between Kevin Systrom, the founder of Instagram, and Lex Friedman. Um, Lex has become a fairly popular podcaster, like uh, like a Ala Joe Rogan, although he's um, Russian and very monotone. Um, but it's great. a really interesting interview because. Um, Kevin explains a lot of like, why is the Instagram feed square? What, what, you know, image and it all has to do with compressing the images and uploading them fast enough. And if they, if they cropped it and made it a square, it was just that much less data to manipulate, which allowed them to be faster than other competing services. At the time, there was a lot of people who were rushing to allow you to post photos um, or be a photo first feed on social. And that's, that was one of the key things. So it's, it's interesting to hear um, just kind of the, the growth years of Instagram and, and what it's became. And also part along with this, the reason I brought it up is Kevin talks about why people might hate Mark Zuckerberg so much. And he said, ultimately it has to do with, know. you know, every, one, one of the potential things is you keep changing this thing that I like. So I really liked Facebook. You think about all the users who liked Facebook and what it was, and then you keep changing it. And and it's interesting to to think about, um, essentially the way that, that Facebook has rolled out their updates, it has not been consumer friendly. It's like, here you go. Everything's different. Here you go. Um, change it again. Oh, that button, it doesn't exist anymore. And the frustration that that causes then gets transferred to the founder who's highly visible as you're the person who keeps screwing with this thing that I, I use in my life, but you keep making it difficult. And anytime anyone yeah. changes software or an experience, there's always that initial backlash of, you know, the new version of, of Word is the worst piece of trash ever or whatever. And I just, since we're talking about Instagram rolling out another update, it's, it's also kind of like, even as marketers, we're like, okay, Facebook. I mean, why another yeah, break new stuff way all the time. to to make ads work or to not work in some I agree. cases. And he's not very likable, Mark. Mark, if you're listening, I love you. You're great. I have blessings on our account. But like, he's not a very likable person to me, at least. Like there's a lot, there's other people that are much more approachable 
Yeah, but uh, so the interesting example on the podcast is Steve Jobs, not actually a very likable person, kind of a jerk, a big kind of a terrible person, even, right? In say, person, right? but, but everyone on stage, loved, he's great, right? Well, not even on. I mean, on stage, better. He, he would yell and fight with reporters. I don't know. I mean, you can go find like he would scream at like them on the stage. So, but at the end of the day, he created a product and an experience that consumers loved, and so that didn't really matter. I mean, even. Some people love Elon Musk. Some people hate him. I think he's hilarious and, and a true genius. But there's a whole bunch of people who don't like him. Yeah. But they don't dislike him at the same level they dislike Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it, you can go listen to that four-hour podcast if you yeah. want to want to listen to more of it. But Instagram messing with the feeds, they're going to give you options. So there you go. And according to The Verge, Instagram is also going to introduce parental control features next year. And hmm. it's also rolling out a take a break feature, uh, essentially now. Take so break. parental controls, is this just their workaround from kind of getting shamed into not rolling out Instagram and Facebook it was, kids? Yeah, it was funny. So. It was funny because in the article, they're like, and you know, we were working on this for months, even before we got in trouble. It's of course, <laughs> say, yeah. but um, I, I think it's just trying to say like, Hey, if you, if you were fearful of your kid being on it, okay, we're not going to create this, but we will make it more child quote unquote friendly, or at least parents can track what their kids are doing and, or limit their Doesn't time. That just ensure that kids aren't going to want to use it. I mean, if that, their parents are on it, I'm sure that's, yeah, that's all be, it takes. Yeah, that's interesting. But then it's like, there's no other, there are other, there's always other choices. TikTok. But it, I don't know. But if Instagram is Instagram, their friends are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like they're stuck on Instagram. It's just now they have their parental. Imagine that you're like 17 or whatever age. You're still like under management of parents. You're on their phone plan. You're yeah. 17. You're somewhere Gosh, with I hate, I hate friends. to go back to this other but podcast. Like, oh, you're... Yeah. Your mom and dad are managing your account. That's cute. That's it's so embarrassing. This whole well influencer culture was nothing that they were thinking about when they started Instagram. No, it was Instagram was supposed to be four square with pictures. That's what they were originally trying to create was just a way to say, here's what I'm doing right now with a picture. Or here's where I am right now with a picture. And that was the viral idea that they thought would work. Yeah. And now the yeah. influencer stuff is, yeah. I feel like it has to crash at some point. But big brands are spending money on it. Um, I, I, just, this isn't yeah. in there, but micro, um, uh, Nike just bought Metaverse Shoe Store. Yeah. Oh so yeah. They're, 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 things are coming. That's interesting. We're it. I still... Yeah. Roblox, yeah. one of the original Metaverses, though, is is has huge decline in users. So it's it's also interesting just to see, like, the money's coming in. But I think if, you're, if you've heard me talk about the hype cycle before... Uh, the metaverse has to live and die probably two more times before it goes mainstream. Same with VR. You know. My rule of thumb is if, if Gary V is promoting it, then then I could wait. And then if it survives Gary V and then no, that's probably good. Like NFTs, we've, we're getting distracted with that, but I'm like, Oh my. Yeah. yeah. See that, on that one, I would say NFTs are here and there might only be one more cycle before they're a big deal. Uh, to, to, to the mass audiences, but mo- moving on to, to <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a separate NFT. We're going to interview, um, Someone Some experts. who is the first one to sell a home via NFT. Oh, great. We'll, we'll, we'll dive yeah. off that. I'm going to take uh, a screenshot of it. Yep. Um, from redfin.com, neighborhood crime data doesn't belong on real estate sites, published on December 13th by Christian Taubman. Um, and essentially, Redfin never put uh, data on crime on, on their uh, platform, but it's been on other platforms uh, that are popular 
and, and listing sites. Uh, Realtor.com also probably in a somewhat of a coordinated thing, which makes me have other questions. Came out basically the same day and said, we're, we're removing the crime stats that are on our site. I, my hunch is that the issue really had to do with a change that, that whatever pro- the data provider was, whether it used to be free and now it's not, whether it used to be uh, organized a certain way and now it's different, something must have changed with the way that these companies were even thinking about getting the data. Um, but it's kind of been packaged into this other thing of, of um, well, let me just read from the article. It says, people are interested in safety, not crime. And that that made me scratch my head of like, what is the difference? What they're talking about, and I, and I know this now because I got into a little Twitter discussion with Glenn Kelman, the, the CEO of, of Redfin. So like this, this sentence, this sentence on its own, people are interested in safety, not crime. Originally struck me as something that I would read in an onion article of, of like, this doesn't seem like real life. Are we, are we just changing yeah. words, meanings it's because like we PC feeling a little bit? Like- yeah. Well, so, so he was saying, Hey, you know, someone gets cited for jaywalking and that adds to a neighborhood's crime statistics um, that's not that. That shouldn't be reported or considered in the same way as an aggravated murder occurring. And, and to that, I agree. But um, I, it was here's kind of the, here's kind of the flow on Twitter because yeah. I wasn't actually the first it's, one to, to come up with this um, gentleman named Tal Sprecher. Uh, hey, Tal, uh, if you happen to be listening, but he says, "Why not let the consumer decide?" Broadly speaking, safer neighborhoods have fewer reported violent crimes, and most are interracial. Consumers are smart. They'll check it anyway in terms of crime statistics. And it's likely correlated to data you already present, like school quality, which is a great point. You know, the, the quality of schools probably tells you as much about the area and its and its potential crime or safety stats as, as anything else. And that's really where originally my concern was it just felt like a a you know internet in the 1990s, early 2000s of we gatekeep data or keep data away. Um, when I realized that Redfin was not taking it away, just choosing not to add it, it made me feel a little bit differently about it. Um, but I, and Redfin in particular, I mean, Glenn and his leadership team are some of the best in the industry. Redfin's not as widely used, um, as, as, as other platforms, not as popular, but the team's really, really good. So Glenn responded to me and said, surely you can agree that it would be easier to set aside concerns about over-policing if we could publish data that focus on violent crime. No one feels over-policed when the crime being investigated is an assault or a murder. Um, and he said, there are some minority neighborhoods where you were more likely to be a victim of a violent crime. There are other neighborhoods where you feel that way for no good reason, but still won't buy a home there. It felt important to us to, to distinguish between the two. So yeah, there, there's concern about equal housing, fair housing, um, uh, equality, and misrepresenting things. But so I said, thanks, Glenn. This is an infinitely more articulate line of thinking than the original post on his, on the website, which gave no specifics at all. It was just like we think this is a bad idea. We're not going to do it. Uh, and I asked him which data sets around particular neighborhoods led to this conclusion that the data would lead to inaccurate conclusions by the consumer, because yeah, um, the same point. gentleman earlier was like. It's unlikely that someone who is interested in in moving to Renton, Washington, where Jackie lives, mm-hmm. would look at crime statistics and think, oh, I don't want to move there. That's like the south side of Chicago. Like there must be three murders an hour 
Like, like how, how much is this data going to throw things off from perception when you're really there? So I was curious if there was like, well, like my thought was that he would reply or with something around, well, like take, you know, Lewis Center, Ohio, where you live, Kevin, the crime stats say that it's a terrible place to live, you know, and you'd like, oh, well, now that makes sense to me. Like, is there a real world scenario here? Yeah. What they, what they pointed to was uh, a Stanford open policing project, which again, this is, it's terrible that this, this happens. And I completely understand where they're coming from this sense of Hispanics being more likely to be pulled over when driving. And when they are pulled over, they're most likely to be more likely to be um, arrested or, or fined or, you know, lots, both Hispanics and, and um, minorities of, of all types. And, and that makes total sense to me, but I just don't know that that's kind of like saying um, at the 30,000 foot level, we think this is a problem, but, but I think the more um, interesting thing would be to look at specific examples. Cause I think that would make it more palatable to the people who, cause anytime you start talking about this right now, there's two sides to it. And, and if you want to help all sides, then you should just say, we don't want to confuse someone who's thinking about moving to Lewis center, Ohio, and make them think that it's a high crime area when it's all people who, you know, are tax evasion, <laughs> you know, lots of tax evasion cases being prosecuted here. So you look at the crime stats and think, I don't want to live there. It's unsafe. So, so, but anyway, I think this all goes back to the data at the end of the day. Yeah. If the data has bias because of how the data was not created, but yeah, like you said, over-policing affects certain groups more than others. Then does that unfairly make other certain areas have higher crime when actually it's equal? Say my zip code versus our south side of St. Pete, completely different, but maybe our crime is equal. But if that area is over-policed, using that word, I'm uneducated almost to this, then of course their crime is worse. But if you live here locally, you know, like, okay, you don't even have to look at the data to know where to live or where you would not want to live. Yeah. And I think that's the other part about this is um, for fair housing, there's certain questions that you can't answer as a, as a real estate professional. Mm-hmm. And one of those, it, it, it's being said, you know, obviously you can't say the type of people who live in the neighborhood, the age, any of the protected classes, but they're also saying you can't answer a question around, you know, is this a safe neighborhood? You also have to say, I can't answer that question. So to say, I can't answer that question. So you could and, present and not provide crime data. data. No, you right. can't. That's, 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 There's that's, no I crime think. Data. well, there is, but you can't find it on the real estate sites. That, that's kind of the challenge that I'm having of, if we're trying to give the consumer any ability at all to, to make a more informed yeah. decision, that's, I guess that's, that's so maybe this is like, so naive of my thinking, but like safe is objective and not there's no data to define safe. Right. But crime is, yes, that, that's what I wanted to say. And then we'll move but, on because this is not like our core topic. No, it's not but, political feeling. It is because but this is. Well, you, you think about think. right now in San Francisco, they're in other places, they're dealing with a lot of, of where they're, they're not prosecuting anyone unless you take over a certain dollar amount um, in, in a theft. But if I take my seven and nine-year-old boys into a CVS and then three people run in, and grab a bunch of stuff and wave around any type of weapon and run out. Like technically that's not a safety issue. It's just, you know, petty theft, but I guarantee you my boys will not feel safe. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so how does that data versus the reality, like you're saying, safety is a, 
Yeah. So it's, it's all a big mess. And, my, and at the end of the day, Glenn and I had a good conversation back and forth and, and he said, thanks for talking to someone you disagree with. And I was like, I, I don't disagree with you, Glenn. You're always hard to disagree with. He's one of my, again, one of my favorite, may, maybe my favorite executive in real estate. Um, I just said, you know, your, your communications team skinned their knees on, on how this was communicated, because if you want to convey this in the best possible way, you, you have to have some specifics and examples, not yeah. just saying didn't feel transparent. people are interested in safety, mm-hmm. not crime. Cause that, that just doesn't, I don't it's think that like accomplishes a, what course they want to accomplish. Fine. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> Jackie, any thought, any closing thoughts there on your end? Uh, you're- you know, I, and it's funny you said Chicago, right? I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago and the difference of crime here is um, Washington has a significant amount of car um, theft. And, but I don't value, you know, but in where I used to live, it was shootings. Yeah. So yeah, it's not apples to apples. Like take my car. I don't care. Like uh, I'm not using it, but um, you know, as long as I'm not being, being harmed. And, but I will say, um, I think it's also when I search for houses, I also looked um, at, uh, you know, the, the sex offender map and I did my own homework to make sure I would feel comfortable in my own home. Yeah. And I think they're just trying to take the responsibility. They're like, not. It's, it's not our responsibility to provide that information for you. And, and they want to take the liability off of their backs. And, and that's what they're doing too. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it'll be interesting to see. I don't think this is a big one, but you, you look at um, crime is, is, a, is a newer thing that syndication sites have added. Another one more recently is uh, climate scores and impact scores. Uh, yeah, you know, we saw that. Um, that we talked about on the podcast a while ago. So it's just interesting to see yeah, that interesting ultimately does the most amount of information win out and, and get the consumer yeah. to be interested, or is it just the best curated experience and the data is secondary? Yeah. My last thing on that. So that part I, I do have a little Harper North is like, well, climate risk or whatever they're, they're, they're calling it. That's future as not happened yet. As far as like the climate risk for my house here in Seminole, Florida versus what is historical data, what has happened. So the, it's like, I don't know that, that part I have, I'm confused. Like we have that one, but not this one. One is 15 years from now, possibly, but next year. one is current or next year. Yeah. We're in Florida. Who knows? It's 2020. You saw the joke. It's 2022, 22. It's like the same as 2022. <laughs> we do have the gift guide up on the blog and be sharing nice. on the channels next week. Uh, so I think for this week's question of the week, just continuation of how we started the show. What gift are you excited to either give someone else this holiday season or receive does not have to be related to home building. Um, maybe it'll find its way into a, a future blog post that we can curate from the, from the community, as they say. Um, and with that. And my favorite. And every time it rains, it rains. And it's from heaven. Right. Singing us out here is Lewis Prima, Penny The published articles, blog posts, videos, and more. Check out deconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. Have a fantastic holiday season, everyone. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. I knew I'd get you. I knew I'd get you. Let's go. 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 Let's go.